1: Welcome to Ruthie's Table 4, a production of iHeartRadio and Atomize Studios. Dame Judi
2: Dench is not just a national and international treasure. She's an interplanetary treasure. If there is life on Mars, they're talking about her most recent performance. Judy is a woman of warmth, a woman of wit... A friend tells a story that when he mentioned to Judy hadn't seen the royal family, Judy replied, Tell me when you're coming and I'll be sure to overact for you. After we record this conversation, Judy's having lunch in the river cafe. We are planning to definitely overcook for this woman, a friend I admire, respect, and adore. Good
0: morning,
3: uh, where
4: do the seeds go? On the mains, well, we've got these beautiful, really sweet grapes at the moment, which pairs so well with the grouse. And there's turbot and sea bass. Oh, my word.
2: fish, you can have everything. We have had people come and order everything on the mains. Just have it all. So. <laughs> <laughs> and do they stay for a month or For two? a month, yeah. <laughs> yes. For a month, yeah. I always say a recipe it's half science and half poetry. And so we're going to skip the science and read the poetry. How about that? Yes, well,
3: I would love to have read a recipe or even given you a recipe, but <laughs> we'll come to that later. But you are talking to the worst cook in Britain. Oh. Um, but <laughs> and I <laughs> think you said, wasn't there a sonnet about mm. food? But I just know this one poem, but it's um, Hilaire Belloc, Hi. and it's about Henry King. Henry King. Henry King, here he goes. The chief defect of Henry King was chewing little bits of string. At last he swallowed some that tied itself in ugly knots inside. Physicians of the utmost fame were called at once, but when they came, they answered as they took their fees. There is no cure for this disease. Henry will very soon be dead. His parents stood about his bed, lamenting his untimely death... When Henry cried with latest breath, Oh, my friends, be warned by me that breakfast, dinner, lunch and tea are all the human frame requires. With that, the wretched child expires.
2: The wretched child. So what do you make of this poem? He was quite a lecturer, Belloc, wasn't he? He liked to tell everyone what to do and children how to be polite it's rather sad. He was rather grim, I think, at Belloc. Hmm. Well, it's beautiful. I think it's, it's, you know, there's a message, right? Don't snack, is that the message, or you might... Don't snack, guys <laughs> <laughs> What was it like growing up? You grew up in Yorkshire, yeah?
3: I did. I was hmm. born in York. Hmm. Well, my brothers were born in Lancashire. My mother was from Dublin. Hmm. My father from Dorset, and who went to Dublin... And recently, in the last year, I found out that my mother's side of the family is Danish and goes back to um, somebody who worked uh, at the Danish... At at Elsinore, in fact. Wow,
2: Elsinore.
3: And was there when Shakespeare's first company went over there. Hmm. I was brought up during the war. I was five when the war broke out. Hmm. And we were very lucky because my pa was a doctor. And he used to visit all the farms all around York as well as York itself and everyone used to say oh do have a chicken yeah. do have goose do have a duck do yeah. we were really lucky that's and that way we had we always had food and things yeah. and that's also why we had 16 cats because there was nobody else in the neighborhood 16 cats we, we
2: did Sixteen, wow. because
3: nobody wanted their pets. Yeah, you yeah know, they, they
2: feed them or take care put of them. them. Up, but they all came round to our place. Wow. It was a triumph. And who would cook the food? Would your mother? Would you sit down to family meals Yes, more? always. How always. many? Do you have siblings? Who did? Who? Two brothers. Yeah, two
3: brothers older than me. Mm. But all and and we always had the house full of friends. Yeah. Meals were a a great thing. I'm always trying to say now, you know, Mm. do enjoy sitting down at the table Mm. and not looking at the phone Mm. if possible.
2: Mm. (laughs) What was it like then, mealtime at your house? Was there always a discussion and. and Always singing. Singing.
3: A lot of singing. My ma playing the piano.
2: Oh, okay. My father
3: could recite the whole of the Mort Dartha. My brother Jeff, who was an actor Mm. long before me and at Stratford, used to know reams of Shakespeare and it was a kind of I think that was in the family very much before Mm. that people used to be able to I mean I remember sitting on the stairs and hearing friends who were invited round and somebody singing and playing the piano and you know, mm. you couldn't miss the arts.
2: So when you think of your early meals, you think more of the performance. I think only of, of family meals round the table. Mm. And mm.
3: Uh, it was a, a, a family thing that we, we, you wouldn't miss, mm. because that's when you got to actually discuss things and yeah. talk uh, about things.
2: And would you, who would cook, your mother? Or did you My ma cook would cook, home? or we had a wonderful person called Sissy... Mm. What did she cook? Because um, Yorkshire has a
3: very definite regional food. What do you well, eat it in was, Yorkshire? Well, it was, of course, it was mostly what you could afford to get. Yeah. And I remember there was a market in York, mm. a wonderful market, and you'd go around and people would come in and they'd have a chicken in a basket, mm. you know, uh, uh, all prepared for cooking and things. And, I mean, I could get the rations for five people when I was six. I could easily go and carry the rations. Right. Uh, which were so minimal for everybody, but I never remember Lucy being hungry or yeah. or thinking, "Gosh, you know, I wish there was more of this." I don't remember that. You don't that. remember that. We were yeah. incredibly lucky.
2: Yeah. And your father didn't go away. He was. He yeah. was. He was he, away in the First World War. He was. He was a hero. He got the uh, military cross and bar.
3: He got. Do you know where he was? Was he? He was in Arras. And then, because of a knee injury that he'd got, mm. he was sent home mm. to have. And that way, uh, he got. He was not at Passiondale. Mm. Was just
2: fantastically well. Lucky is not really the word. Mm. Mm. And so, for your father to have been in the war and then come home must have been. I know. It a was. Lot.
3: It was. Uh, it was an extraordinary thing, and I knew. I knew about his war record, but
2: I didn't know it was quite Mm. so illustrious, which Mm. it was. Mm. And do you think that, do you think your parents wanted to be actors or to be singers or just, it was just part of their nature?
3: No, my father, there was an amateur Group in York called the Settlement Players. Mm-hmm. My pa and, and ma were part of that. Mummy never wanted to act, but she was wonderful seamstress and could make costumes mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. Then when it came to the York Mystery Plays, the Miracle Plays, yeah. when they were done for the first time, uh, Daddy played Annas, the High Priest. And we were, a lot of us were, auditioned by Martin Brown. We I were to a Quaker boarding school in York, and we were... We were made angels, we were. Oh. <laughs> we had a wonderful time, wonderful time.
2: You remember the first auditions? That would have been, ha- what age was your first audition? Well, it audition? wasn't
3: really an audition. Mm. They just came and said, you, 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 and you. Mm. <laughs> and when, when did you know that that's what you wanted to do? What I wanted to do? Mm, oh, not for, for ages, life. Ruthie. Really? Not, for, not until uh, 50... Three, because I wanted to be a designer, stage ah, designer. Stage designer, mm-hmm. yeah. But oh. I I was taken to Stratford by my parents and saw Michael Redgrave in Lear. And I can remember seeing this set, uh, which completely changed my idea. During the holidays at school, I'd assisted Wojtek, the designer at York mm-hmm. Rep, painting sets for him. Mm. And I only really understood plays by uh, three acts, you know, you, mm. you design one act and then the curtain would come down, you change a few things and the curtain would go up but, but for Lear at the Stratford um, it was the, the most phenomenal set mm. that never changed, it was a huge flat disc that uh, revolved with a rock in the middle of it that was the throne or the cave or everything. nothing mm. had to be changed the whole play was kind of continuous and mm. that Made that I thought, no, goodbye York Art School, I'm going to Triver Central.
2: yeah When you w- went on these theatrical journeys with your parents, you went to Stratford, you went to the theatre in York, would you go to a restaurant before or after? Was that part of the um, evening? Was that part of the experience? It w- was partly,
3: but probably we were always in a rush, mm-hmm. <laughs> always in a rush to get to things on time, but... Uh, there was a restaurant uh, that we used to that used to be the most enormous street uh, to go to outside York, and we used to cycle there
2: mm. as all a family. Of us.
3: This would be post-war. This would be that was mm, post-war. Mm. Yes, but we all had bikes, so we uh, that was the greatest. Treat.
2: And was it a treat? Yeah, it to go was to
3: a restaurant. Simply yeah. wonderful. Yeah. It was called the by-do-wee.
2: Okay, and rest what was a, the food like? Was it was it, it was wonderful.
3: Food? It was wonderful food. Do you, Very, you remember any? I mean, food not sophisticated in any yeah. way. Yeah. Not in any way. Yeah. And so.
2: What, uh, what are the dishes of your childhood that you remember? That Did you have Yorkshire pudding? Is Yorkshire pudding, that, we did uh, have. Is that yeah? I tell
3: you something. Tell me. We used to have at school. I used to try and stay away on a Tuesday. Because they used to do Yorkshire pudding with treacle.
2: With treacle? Now, even now, well, that's, mm-hmm. that was really... F- so it was a dessert, or would they served the treacle Yorkshire pudding with beef? It, it's so
3: disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> but it was always on a Tuesday. Yeah. And so, I used to feign illness on a Tuesday yeah, so until and on food. about the third or fourth Tuesday, my ma said, this is, this is something about school, she said. Mm-hmm. This is not to do with illness. Yeah. And it was the Yorkshire pudding with a tree. That's a terrible thing That was in the Quaker school, was it? That was at my prep school. Mm.
2: But that's, food was important to you. Food mattered, what you it put in It did matter math.
3: because, of course, during the war, of course, it was just... Something to sustain you. And, yeah. and as I say, because of my path, mm. visiting right around the, in the country, mm. we were just so lucky that we had mm. enough to eat. Mm. But so
2: many people didn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I often think that when people are very critical of food in Britain in the 50s or even the 60s, Britain had come out of a war. They came out of rationing. They came out of kitchen gardens where people didn't have food. And to go from that to, you know, grand cuisine or to cooking, it seemed so unfair to criticise a nation that had suffered was, food-wise to, to being critical of, sure. you know, the way they cooked, you know. So I, I feel it must have been very tough. Yes, it know. was
3: It was just a question of... of Giving you something that filled you. Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah. But also, I mean, I love the idea of your mother cooking a goose or cooking duck or cooking the food that was given And we to grew her from all our vegetables, Did grew, you? grew the vegetables Where? and everything in the garden. Yeah. And next
3: door, there was the most wonderful pear tree. Ah. And my brother and I, Jeff, my, the younger of my two brothers, used to get a rake ah. and rake the pears off the tree ah. <laughs> into the garden. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So it was quite a lot of pear
2: um, What would you do? Illegal pe- you pear know, what eating. Would you, oh, it was illegal? Was it because oh, it wasn't yes, your it was tree? Their, their oh, it wasn't pears. your tree? Oh, okay, their pear. <laughs> and what was, do you remember? What your mother would cook with the pears? Would she stew them, or would you have? I them think just? she would. St- yes, mm. I think she would stew them.
3: Or we just ate them, you right. know.
2: Yeah, delicious fruit Raw. pears, aren't they? Do you still like them?
3: I like pears. I quite like pears. Quite, yeah. I've got, I've got Picked a few in the garden actually you recently. Have,
2: what, what's your garden like, Judy? Do, do you have a garden? I have a beautiful. What do you garden. grow?
3: Yes, I grow trees mostly. Trees. I grow uh, lots of different trees, but we have some apples. Yeah. And uh, and one of them is a russet, oh,
2: I like which russet. is very yeah. nice.
3: And uh, and we have, as I say, these pear trees. We had a wonderful green gauge tree, but it came down in a storm. Oh,
2: yeah, oh, green gauges. Very very British green gauges. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Help helps is a maxim I believe in. We all carry around stress and hardship, and when we keep it inside, it starts to chip away. Therapy is a safe place, and therapy is for everyone. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Visit betterhelp.com slash Ruthie today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Ruthie. betterhelp.com slash
4: Ruthie. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast
2: So doing the menus. Eliza had a blank sheet of paper. She came in the morning. It's rather like your house. You go in the fridge. You see what's there. You see what's been ordered. You sort of also, you know, we're always thinking about what, I always think, what would I want to eat for lunch today? Um,
3: oh, G-G. I'm so glad you're not coming to my house and to look in the fridge.
2: And I bet you are.
4: I was so excited to make this beautiful clam tagliarini, which I know Ruthie is is one of Ruthie's favorite pastas, where we cook the vongole in advance um, with garlic and parsley stalks and chili. And then we pick all the clams out of their shells and reduce the white wine and the olive oil and the butter. And then we toss that through fresh um, hand-cut tagliarini, which is one of my favorite things that I've ever had at the River Cafe. Um, and we've also got this amazing um, slow-cooked pheasant and partridge sauce, which is a ragu that we make with lots of different wild birds at this time of year. And we put chestnuts and mince pancetta in, and that's really wonderful.
3: Now we're
2: really talking <laughs> now about we're food. we're going to have a good time. We do write our menu every day. It makes it special
3: and exciting which is what a restaurant should be and isn't very much.
2: When you left this rather wonderful family of theatre and cooking geese and sitting around the table and singing songs and having friends over, it sounds so warm and so inclusive. What was it like when you actually then came to London, And food-wise? Were you on a budget? Did you have to... Cook or eat out? Well, how, what did you do? I've for never food? had to cook or eat. No, so. <laughs> <laughs> I've so never,
3: I, I have to tell you a me. story. Okay. That yeah. when um, I was awarded the OBE, mm-hmm. and my agent at the time had been in Central with me, Julian Belfridge, oh, yeah. he came down to lunch mm. and I gave him lamb cutlets. Mm-hmm. I made an enormous effort. He finished them and whatever I gave him, I can't remember. Hmm. For a dessert, and he sat back and he said, Well, I'll tell you something, Judy. He said, You didn't get the OBE for cooking. <laughs>
2: <laughs> nothing nothing like having a supportive. A <laughs> no, supportive but told, it. It? Yeah, but it's good to be well, told, isn't it? It's good to be told. It's so funny. There was so, a time. So, I, what did you eat then? There you are, going to. When we school. were. old, that,
3: when we got. Well, when we got to Central, oh, it was. It was glorious. We used to go to, it was somewhere in Kensington High Street, mm-hmm. but we used to also go to a restaurant called the Capanina in mm-hmm. Soho. Mm-hmm. And that was the greatest treat.
2: So that was Italian food. That was Italian food. Yeah. It was absolutely And it was wonderful. affordable. You could do, was, go there on a student budget. Just about. Just about. But you, yeah. it would nice to be taken there, I must yeah. say. That yeah. was an enormous treat. Do you remember a kind of multicultural restaurants? Do you remember Indian? Because a lot of, you know, the cheapest food, certainly when I came in the 60s, was Greek, Indian,
3: yes. Chinese. I mean, that was a huge treat to be able to eat, you know, to eat Chinese and, mm. it, I mean, as I would say, Italian, and and it was a real luxury. Yeah. You know, suddenly to be able to go, to go or be taken to somewhere, and and mm. you know have the luxury of really the choice of things to have to eat, and mm. you know, I'll never take that for granted. I don't think.
2: Mm. Were you ever hungry as a student? Did you were, you, were there days? when I you don't got think so. You were No, hungry. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't well, ever remember that. You probably had a grant, did you? In the days when they. No, I didn't have a grant. Yeah. I lived in QA, Queen Alexandra's
3: House, which is right by the Albert Hall where Central was. Oh, right. And um, so all that was... I don't know how my father... They feed
2: you? Did they... Did they they did. You? Oh, they did? They, oh, they did. did. Oh, that's good. Yeah.
3: So we were lucky.
2: Yeah. And so then you started getting roles at the National Theatre. Were you in well, after Rep or the Old Vic? And the where Vic. I went straight Vic. to the Vic. Yeah.
3: But, I mean, I've never been... <laughs> I've never been a good cook, really. That's fine. Or even any cook of any kind. No. So you I have tried. I have tried. I can do two things. What are they? I can make white sauce, Mm
2: -hmm. and I can make gravy. Oh, well, that's
3: pretty good, I'd say. That's all I can do. Yeah. Because I used to, at the Vic, Alec McCowan was at the Vic at the same time as me, and he Mm -hmm. used to live in the King's Road, Mm -hmm. about three minutes from my flat. We used to have Sunday lunch together and he used to cook and he used to always, I mean, it would be a very usual thing we were in the, in the importance together and, you know, we knew each other frankly, but he used to send me a little note saying, would the gravy queen or the white sauce queen <laughs> come on Sunday and yeah. have lunch?
2: Yeah.
3: And he did all the rest. You were at the old fic. Who are the, the directors that you... Oh, Michael Bentall. yeah. Michael Bentall at the Vic, Dougie Seal, and oh, it was halcyon days. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Um, and I, uh, despite having had. Not very good notices as Ophelia, which is my first part. Um, I remember Michael Bentall said, I'm, um, he said, we'll just get over these notices, he said, yeah. and you'll get better. And he said, I'll go on employing you, and you can play small parts and walk on, but you can stay at the... And, and, you know, that, mm. that was he knew. such... I was so lucky. And then the National, and then Nottingham Playhouse... Yeah. With Johnny Neville, who was Hamlet when I went to the Vic, and we took—he uh, was—we were the very first company to ever go to West Africa. Do you remember that very well? I remember it very well indeed. Their was, set plays uh, were Twelfth Night, uh-huh. Macbeth, and Arms and the Man.
2: What was the audience? Young children, young
3: yeah. people at school, and yeah. was, it that was, into,
2: was that the British Council who sent yes, you there? it was the
3: British Council.
2: Yeah. And do you remember the culture of food there? I do. It's always like going I back do. to the food. What, I was, do the, what was the that. food there? A kind of stew. Hmm. Probably or quite meat based. Might well have been. Which, which actually is a question I also like to ask. When, when you act, when you're in a play, do you eat? Before, do you? No. Need, after, you need to so tell me about you. You're in a play. You might be doing a matinee. And Sometimes, if you're lucky, before, do you get to eat in the play, <laughs> you get to eat in the play. I know you have a story about oh, that. That's one, but be, if you if you <laughs> might not be eating in the play. So here's a day. You're, you're in a play in the West End or at the National or at the Old Vic, and you wake up in the morning and you know you have a matinee and you have an evening performance. Judi Dench. What would you? What would your Day be like in terms of food. Um, I probably, I probably,
3: I'd have coffee in the morning or tea. I wouldn't eat very much. I mm-hmm. wouldn't eat much before. I'd eat just something before a matinee, not mm-hmm. much, not mm-hmm. lunch,
2: um, and mostly eat afterwards. After the evening performance or after the matinee. After the evening performance. Yeah, that's a very. I like going to see a friend, friends I have who are in the theatre, and then going out, they always like to go out for dinner after. Afterwards. And there's a sort of joyousness, isn't there, dinner after? It, it, the it is
3: wonderful. As Why? long as you don't have a matter of the next day. Do ah. You know, that's yeah. tricky. Um, but, uh, I mean, the luxury of doing two shows and knowing you're going out to dinner
2: afterwards yeah. is just glorious. But and then other nights you would just go home and crash, or did was there a kind of Go energy? home and crash, probably, yeah, probably. I always say that there are sort of links between the theatre of a restaurant and the theatre of the theatre, you know, that we have a kind of curtain up at a certain time, and then there's the performance, and then there's after the performance. And I, if I do an evening, I can sometimes do a night where the curtain goes up, i.e. somebody walks in, and you're ready, and you know it's going to be a great night, or you just know sometimes, even just by the way the first table sits down, or the way perhaps one of the chefs is coming a bit late, or they seem a bit tired, that maybe it's not going to go so well. And then sometimes the the ones that you think won't are the best nights, and sometimes the ones you think won't are not the best nights, but there's a kind of both, a kind of feeling of energy after... The performance and also exhaustion. Do you think it's terribly similar? Mm. It's very, very similar. Mm. And
3: some of the nights when you want it to go well, I don't know whether this applies to. to mm. Well, it never applies to your restaurant. Oh, it does
2: it definitely. Not does. when I've ever been here. <laughs> it um, definitely. But does. you know,
3: it's the night that it doesn't go well. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> you, know. you don't know why, do you? know no you way can have the saying. same script. You can, you know, the same. The same actors, the same yes. set. Same everything. play, same, same words, play, same, same set, thing. and there's uh, no explanation yeah, for why. Yeah,
3: yeah I just that's feel the, it. That's the ex- excitement of it.
2: In 2008, the living room in our home was transformed into a magical space, not by painting the walls a different color or hanging a work of art, but solely due to Dame Judi Dench walking in. For two hours, she captivated a hundred people, telling stories, singing songs, reciting Shakespeare, all in her unmistakable voice and beautiful demeanor. We were all there to raise funds for the North Wall, an outreach arts lab project close to Judy's heart. I remember that when you did that performance at our house, and it was part of a whole series that we did of giving performances, and then we each chose a charity, I think that night you chose the arts project and I did Med saint Monde, and we did one with Ian McKellen and Rafe, but I remember, as I said, was the magic in the room. But I also remember that you found it kind of intimidating. I did, I, we had to walk. I had, I had to, to walk downstairs. Didn't do you remember? I? I had to come upstairs and say, "Okay." Yes. And then Richard, I had to come upstairs. And I thought, I have <laughs> Judy Dench upstairs, who's performed in front of. Thousands of people in the National Theatre, cowering in, the, in a room, and then and then you came down, and there were you know a hundred people who were only there to see you, maybe even fewer, maybe eighty or sixty, and it was quite overwhelming. And it do you was. remember that? I yeah. do remember walking mm. down the stairs, mm. and George Fenton playing the piano. George Fenton, I can't yeah. remember what I sang. Okay, it. well I found the invitation. And the, the title of the evening was These Foolish Things. Yes. And I was wondering if you sang that. I don't think I did. Do you I know did. that song? Da, I da, do. Da, 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 and the lipstick da, traces.
3: Da, 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 da. These, These foolish, foolish things, things remind me of you. of you. But I, I sang something song.
2: else. Mm, and I can't did. remember
3: because I remember rehearsing it a lot at Box mm. with George.
2: Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. And we did some singing with Richard Eyre. Do you remember we used to sing? And one night we, oh. we got a piano and we sang around the piano, and it was so. It's something. It's one of the great things to do in life, isn't it? All Just singing sing. around a piano. Yeah, it's yeah. Heaven, heaven. Should we do that? We should we. I we, love. That. We, let's do it. I have a piano in my house. I so love it. <laughs> we could have a night and uh, have something delicious organised. That would that. be really lovely. What is the play when you said you had to cook on? You had on stage. Yeah. Juno
3: and the Paycock.
2: What's that? To,
3: oh, it's a wonderful play. Uh, Shauna Casey. Yeah, know the
2: play, but I was wondering where. I the, had
3: to cook for Norman Rodway. Mm-hmm. She she cooks a sausage for him mm-hmm. to eat, and she, <laughs> after a while, people just say. You know, he's eating that sausage, and it's not cooked properly. <laughs> it's simply, there isn't time yeah. for her
2: to cook that sausage properly. Uh-huh. So. so you actually put a raw sausage in a frying pan? Yes, oh it? yes, all Remember. the real thing. <laughs> That's
3: funny. Uh, so then we pre cook the sausage, so yeah, <laughs> we maybe. just say, yeah,
2: maybe. well, we're
3: cheating a bit here. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't Is that the only play where you've actually cooked on stage? Probably. We've talked about theatre. What about film sets? What about Bond? But they feed you well. No, they, you never never in board, they never fed me in They never fed
3: me anywhere. Kept me in a little room at the back. Oh, wow. And I once said to Barbara yeah. and yeah. Michael, "I said, you know, you go to such glamorous places, and all I am, I'm in that office at the back all the time." So the next time, the next film we made, I can't remember which one it was, we were at Stowe's School, mm-hmm. and they gave me a trailer. My makeup and everything, which had Innsbruck written across the side, and Barbara said to me, "You can never complain again." Oh <laughs> yeah, every day you're going to Innsbruck. Every day to Innsbruck. <laughs> I did get to Panama. You got to Panama.
2: I wonder which one that was. Do you know which Bond takes place in Panama?
3: I remember there was no. A... I did eight mm. of them. Wow. Because Spectre. Yeah. I just did a morning, mm. which was just me giving him the message on the television or on mm. his you know machine. So, I can't remember which one it was. It's Casino food, Royale, food. maybe? What
2: about, did you ever, do you ever remember being on a set where you ate well? They gave you something, but you kind of don't in a way feel like yeah. it much.
3: Yeah. You know, afterwards is a, quite a different Directors
2: thing. Directors don't like stopping for lunch. If you talk to people who've made independent movies or small movies, they always say that stopping for lunch stops... The kind of process, and you know, it is just, and also, just sort you know, of feels. even
3: in the, in the minute of any kind of rehearsal, mm. it's not the treat is to know you're going in the evening to have something. To have something. That's yeah. Yeah. the greatest treat to look forward to.
2: You know, the question that I ask everyone is: the food is what we eat to sustain ourselves, and food is what we cook when we want to impress someone or share. It's also something we find comfort in food. Yes. And so Dame Judy Dench, what is your comfort food? Comfort food.
3: Mashed potato mm. and some really good gravy. Onion gravy and mashed potato. I quite like that.
2: Thank you. It's been a wonderful time with you and now we'll go have some lunch in the River Cafe.
1: The River Cafe Lookbook is now available in bookshops and online. It has over 100 recipes beautifully illustrated, with photographs from the renowned photographer Matthew Donaldson. The book has 50 delicious and easy-to-prepare recipes, including a host of River Cafe classics that have been specially adapted for new cooks. The River Cafe Lookbook, recipes for cooks of all ages. Ruthie's Table 4 is a production of iHeartRadio and Atomai Studios. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
2: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's better, com. From BBC
1: Radio 4,
4: Britain's biggest paranormal podcast
1: is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment,